0: Hello and welcome to the Michael Crane.live podcast. The podcast is about entrepreneurship and tips for
1: staying highly motivated to make a positive change in your life. Keep listening and follow the podcast to stay connected with the community at MichaelCrane.Live. So get comfy and enjoy today's conversation. And on today's
0: podcast, I have the pleasure of welcoming Dr. Wayne Wright. He has worked in some of the most celebrated corporate entities, as well as fast-growing medium-sized businesses at senior and board levels. His experience is in the building of businesses from the bottom up, with a clear understanding of their strategic elements, essential in driving successful growth. With a scientist background, he is named on eight patents. Wayne has investments in healthcare businesses here in the UK and the US, and for the last 20 years has led WSQ Solutions, a small boutique entrepreneur coaching organization that works with fast growing businesses in accelerating growth and profitability. Wayne is active in the community where he currently owns Maidstone Warriors Basketball Club, the largest youth basketball club in the Kent region. So welcome Wayne to the Michael Crane podcast. It's so great to have you here. It's good to be here. I want to kick this podcast off by asking you, Maidstone Warriors Basketball Club. Tell me more.
1: Well, as always, you know these these things they they always derive from your children at times. so I've got three three children who are not too small now. they're they're very much adults, and we've got our first grandchild, Irene, which is uh, fantastic. So, um, so we're grandparents for the first time. But ultimately, um the middle one, um, Micah, he was basically uh just mad about basketball. And in those days, probably just over 20 years ago, we were struggling to find any good sports. And as you can appreciate, the UK is dominated by football, rugby, cricket in that order, and you know, other stuff after that. So, you know, basketball is very much, uh, uh, you know, low down in terms of pecking order. Anyway, the bottom line is that eventually there's some sort of newspaper clipping. Joanne found uh, this club. I went along with Micah, six kids running around, you know, probably between six and 12, um, with one individual who started it up. And he started up about a year or so ago. And uh, he's asked, you know, you go every week. And then the, the, the question is, well, do you like to coach? And I said, well, uh, I, you know, even though I've played, played in the past, but, you know, I don't really feel that's my bag. But I know about business. I can help to promote the business. Oh, sorry, the club. And, uh, and that's how it started. And uh, um, fortunately, because of work commitments, you know, the, the, the individual started up, he, he moved on. I took over the club um about sort of 15 years ago and uh, and just you know grew it from there so I have about probably 20 to 30 volunteers um I've obviously clear coaches we we train all our coaches as part of the funds that we we run it as a business to the point where during this COVID outbreak we couldn't get any support from the England Basketball Association because they said we were too rich as a club you know and it's just like you know madness Anyway, the bottom line is that you know we we have grown the club principally because our focus is on inclusivity. You know, we want everybody to uh, participate, understand this great sport. So we have a culture where we're not only accepting everybody, but those who really want to go for it and, and and go to a professional level. There's a pathway to do that, and we provide that pathway to to get to England level or international level if necessary. And, uh, and But those who don't want to, they, 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 they gain the skill in basketball. They become the, the top dogs at their schools because nobody else understands that. So it brings, the, it brings up the, their own self-esteem. And more importantly, the values, and we can talk about it as part of the business, the values, Michael, is super important. Basketball provides leadership. It provides teamwork. It provides the never give up because you want to, you know, if you miss a, miss a shot, you've got to get back and get going. You can't even think about the failure. You get back and you get going again. And so this elements of understanding failure, understanding loss, knowing how to win, knowing how to work with your team, knowing how to encourage and be, demonstrate leadership on, on the court, on the fast-moving environment. And it's all those things that we are setting up our young people for life. So even though they may not be, you know, in the England uh, squad or whatever it is, they will be the best people in their workplaces because of the values that you're putting into them at that very early, especially boys. And we have girls as well, but especially boys. They need purpose. They need goals and drive. And that's what we provide uh, as part of the club. So I'm, I'm really, you know, pleased. The, the the way that we've set up the club because it you know and parents understand that and they know that and they feel that that's how we set it set up you know it's not just a a skill element or whatever, but we're, we're we're creating kids for life.
0: What ages are you getting the young? Uh...
1: Um, from ages eight all the way up to eighteen, uh, and then we have two men's teams.
0: You mentioned your club was very much like a business. And and maybe that was a slip of tongue originally. But tell me more, why is running a club similar to building a business from scratch? Because I I guess you've built the basketball club from scratch.
1: So what are the similarities? First of all, you need to understand your customers. Who
0: are your customers
1: on the basketball pitch, Wayne? Our customers are principally twofold, our parents and the kids because obviously you've got to understand uh, and gain trust with the parents that you're looking after their precious little Johnny or Abigail, and, and that you know, you're going to look after them. You can look after them in a supportive, safe environment, especially in these times and days. That, you know, so we do a hell of a lot about child protection training and, and giving people a, a real understanding and that transparency in terms of our finances and in terms of how we do things and our policies and the way they can come and talk to us at any time, the coaches as well as the... So so that's really important. And obviously the children, that they feel, again, supported, that they're learning the skills, they're getting competitive basketball uh, and all that type of stuff as well. So we understand our customers really, really well. And we work with them and we solicit feedback from them at all points of the time. So we make sure that we exist at the club. Our ethos follows the fact that we get the feedback oh, is our ethos and what we're trying to do in our raison d'etre, is that whatever it is? Setting up that strap line, basketball for all, clear vision, clear understanding in terms of this is what we are as a basketball club. It's open to everybody. It's not, it's not, it's not an exclusive, it's not like a football club where if somebody good comes in, you know, then you get the, the other person not so good gets shipped out. We're not interested in that. We want to include everybody. It doesn't matter how bad you are, how beginner you are, we have place for you. We can help you to be the best person that you want to be.
0: How do your coaches run their ethos through the coaching they deliver?
1: Um, because we train them accordingly, but they sign up as well. You know, they they, they they see how we develop. They come on board and they continue that ethos. So, you know, uh part of that is that you've got to get your people on board in terms of that vision and ethos and what we're trying to do. So, you know, and and yeah, and the nice thing about, you know, what we're doing, we become a little bit of a resource hub for other clubs because, you know, if people feel that they want to move on, that's fine. They can move on. You know, if they feel that they want another vision somewhere else, then absolutely, you know, they've got all the training with us. They know that the, 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 this, the this is the hard way and this is the only way that we're going to run as a club. And the same with other companies. You've got to be true to what you are and how you are. And if you don't fit in, move on. How do you
0: describe being a great coach?
1: A great coach is is someone who's able to help people to achieve their goals through their skills more than they ever should think they would want, more than they would think they could achieve in other words, if you have a particular skill and a level, but you don't believe that you can augment that, the coach will help you to get to that, that position. And so all the coaches are looking to do, not only to help the kids to develop their, 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 their natural ability skills, but to take their skills to another level that they could never dream that they could achieve it. Because they're able to look and to see things which allow them to get to where they want to go.
0: Do you find uh, your young basketball players that come in as complete fresh fresh termers? How long do they roughly stay with your club?
1: Uh, everybody's different. um uh, we've got and the nice thing about it is that we've got a lot of people that stay even up until the the senior levels, you know, and you know, their 30s and 40s, you know, whatever it is, um, uh, you know, from there. Um, but certainly, yeah, we've, we've, got, we've got kids um, who have, um, especially if they stay in the area, they've started with us, you know, from 10. They ended up, you know, um, going in different various teams and playing competitively. And then, and, then, uh, and then eventually, they end up even starting to come as a coach and they're training with, and they're training the kids. And even some of the younger ones, uh, or 16 or 17, we're given an opportunity so that they can train some of the, the younger kids as well. And I think that's really important for us because sometimes children want to have role models closer to them rather than the, the older ones. And so having that that, that gap of role models, demonstrating, modelling the behaviours, modelling the ethos, modelling the culture, right? Again, you get have that continuity. So they see these guys have come through the, the the you know the 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 steps and the different age groups and how they operate and how they behave and how they they handle you know stressful environments and then they think okay yeah they, they can do that i can do that
0: are your coaches predominantly parents rather than sitting on the
1: sidelines? Uh, yeah we, 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 we have we have a majority of them parents we have some people from outside who you know been professional individuals who have you know appreciate our values as a club and, and come in and, and, and want to, you know, ally with us. So we've, our head coach um, is one of those individuals, you know, he's, he's seen the value, appreciates what we have and then we're, 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 he's coming on board um, to, to help and support us.
0: What do you look out for in a coach predominantly?
1: Again, it's just our, our values, our ethos. You know, we want we want somebody who's, who who's, is passionate about the game somebody's passionate about people and want the best out of people. Um, so the ego element is, is, is certainly you know even though they may be well known within their field, there's no an ego trip and the celebrity type elements within that. We want people who are passionate about the game and passionate about developing people uh, and more importantly developing the people around them. Where as coaches or, or or the you know the pupils and the members so um, so that's what we look for you know
0: you know I've been in business for over twenty years, Wayne, and uh, very rarely do I see a great leader. And when I sp- speak to my social network and we talk about leadership and leadership is really high on my agenda because it's a fascinating subject. Absolutely. You can only lead people. If you have the right ingredients, not only in yourself, but in the team and the people that need to follow.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, but at the same time, Michael, you need you need at the same time leaders. There needs to be an inherent understanding of what I am sorry, that cut across you, but you know, in terms of this this whole element of uh, I heard uh, you know Randy Carroll say that. You've got to be Olympian. You need to know your strengths. Is that self awareness? You know, you've got to be understand what, what, what you do really, really well and be Olympian of those things. So there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a thought that, you know, we know our strengths, but what we're not very good as leaders is really taking them to the next level. And that's what we do as, you know, with, with the people that we coach. You know, we, we say, don't be ashamed of what you do. Us Brits are too much ashamed of what we do really well. You know, Americans, are, they, they trumpet that. And don't talk about failures, they trumpet that. Whereas the Brits, we talk about failures. We don't talk about successes. So, you know, so ultimately, it's really get, taking it to the next level. But the other areas that we're not so great at, we, we delegate or we raise our competency so that, you know, we can do that thing really reasonably well, you know, um, because it's needed to be done. So that, that self-awareness is super important because that will then allow you so have the team around you to support you to allow you to move things forward. And I think that's really important. It's a complementary element that you need to create around you to fulfill the vision and the goals that you're trying to do.
0: So are you standing up there for leader th- leadership through delegation?
1: There's a combination, absolutely. You know, you've got to be able to delegate but not lose control. And that's really important. You can use delegates but don't lose control. What people do is delegate and advocate responsibility.
0: Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. I'm fascinated by the art of leadership and coming back to the point I was making that I've seen very few great leaders. However, I was reading Sir Alex Ferguson's autobiography a number of years ago. And Sir Johnny Wilkinson, the England rugby player, asked Alex Ferguson, how many underperforming players had he ever turned around in his career. I'll ask you that question, Wayne. How many underperforming players did Sir Alex Ferguson turn around as stated in his autobiography? No idea. He turned none around, zero. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the statement behind that is you recruit the attitude, and you train the skill. And if you don't have the attitude, you can't train the skill. And so coming back round to the basketball club, if you don't have the attitude, you've got to be a great leader to persevere with the underperforming basketball player.
1: It's, it's It's a difficult one to say because my experience is different. I suppose my leadership style is different in that respect. Correct. I, you know, I, 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 I am always a great believer that there is a chance you can change. And if you have enough belief in somebody, then you won't take the Alex Ferguson situation where, you know, if they don't perform, you kick them out. And that's, and that's typically what happens in football. So yes, it's one leadership style, but it's not exactly the style that you have in your family. You wouldn't want that in your family where you've got an unperforming child. Okay, well, you know, you're not performing. I'll kick you out of the house. What would you do? And, and hence, you know, and I'll give you an example. There was a customer that I, I worked with and he had a terrible attitude. You know, He was the, 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 the individual within a, a business that was potentially the heir to the business, and uh, and, and ultimately, you know, he, he strutted himself around as if he owned the place, but he didn't. He didn't endear himself to the staff and to come alongside and help. But you know, it was like it was very much an aloof attitude until it got to the last chance saloon. So when he came to me, you know, uh, the boarders basically said, you know, this is the last chance. If you are able to do anything with him, you're done. He's done. And he knew it, he was done. You know, he reached that road where he had no um, authority, no social capital at all with the staff. They despised him, they hated him, et cetera. We did a leadership review, review, a 360 leadership review, and he nearly, you know, wet himself, cried, whatever it is. It was so, so bad. Two years later, the leadership scores through the roof. His confidence. It's clear, real vision, real direction. The business is flying. You can change. Is this under your leadership? Under my coaching. Under my coaching and helping him to understand the emperor's got no clothes situation, to deal with that and to put on the behaviours and this, the mindset which allows him to have, as you rightly pointed out, the right attitude then you can teach the skills to make him a great leader.
0: And that is exactly the point I was making. But how did you personally get him to change his attitude? Because the reason why I ask is that is the essential ingredient of a great leader, to take someone on a journey that they don't know
1: they're on. Absolutely. You've got to be able to believe in yourself. You've got to be able to believe in, 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 in yourself. And that's that. like I've said, like I've said before, that self-awareness, when I say so interjected, is super important. And, and getting people to, to have that self-awareness of what they are, what they do well, and what they don't do well, is, is really, really important. And hence the reason for the Leadership 360 review. Because it was in black and white. He couldn't, couldn't run away from it. This is what people said about him. And it was all anonymous.
0: What did they say about him to make him change?
1: Well, they said he was aloof. They said he didn't listen. They said, I wouldn't want him as a leader. I wouldn't want him as a boss. It was harsh. So you can even do two things. You can say, okay, I'm, I'm done. These people don't want me. Or the attitude i was looking for. Okay, let me let me see if I can sort that. I can change them, and that's and that, and that and that's 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 what. Like I said, that's where you come in. If if they want the attitude that they you know they can change, they can do this, they can move forward. I've got them. If they said I'm done, then obviously I can't do any more than that.
0: What three things describe your leadership style?
1: I'm hard but fair. Two into one. I'm certainly rooting for the underdog and I want us to win all together. Great ingredients.
0: And how does that replicate in Maidstone Warriors Basketball Club?
1: Because we, you know, I have a team, a volunteer team, members volunteers.
0: Sometimes easier to manage
1: than paid employees. Yes and no. Volunteers are very fickle. They will get up. And they say to you, I'm sorry, I can't make it today. <laughs> Employers, they come regardless. <laughs> but ultimately, so you've got to motivate them. You've got to get, get close to them, understand their personal life, understand their, their, their issues, understand the things that drive them, to so get the best out of them. And that's why we have our volunteers staying us for 10 years, five years. Even once their kids have gone through the basketball program, they want to be part of the club because they want to see part of, it's providing that purpose and understanding. People need purpose. People need things in which they feel they can make a difference. And that's what we, we provide as well. And this element of working as a family and winning as a family is really, really important.
0: I can really sense some passion, some enthusiasm coming from you right now about Maidstone Warriors
1: basketball. A great oh. club. It's a great club. Great people. How many coaches do you have? Oh my gosh. Um, each group will probably have three coaches. So, you know, you're talking about under 10s, under twelves, under 14s, under 16s, under 18s. Um, so, you know, you're talking about, you know, 15, 20 Coaches. And how many students do you have? About 120 uh, under 18s and probably another 20, 30 on the men's teams.
0: So, in total, about 160? Yeah,
1: between 120 and 150.
0: Okay. So, the ratio uh, from coach to student, did you say there was 20 coaches?
1: Yeah, it's about one to six.
0: One to six. that's a really interesting number because I've done an awful lot of research on the power of six, whereby you get one star performer in that team. you got um I hate to say it, four average players <laughs> and one player that really is like the person we were describing, doesn't have the attitude, but more importantly, doesn't have the skill. What's your thought about that?
1: I mean, there's, there's different models. I think the bottom the bottom line is that you do need leaders. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. And, and obviously you break the leadership down into smaller chunks, you know. So obviously clearly in an organisation, you know, of 200, then you, you had that, you know, structure of leadership brought, broken down various area, elements. But the key thing is that, you've got to find a pathway where each of the leaders have the culture of the overall organisation. Because what you don't want is a microcosm of a leadership behaviour, which is not akin to what the organisation is. So, so having those people who are naturally leaders and helping them and to train them to be the leaders that you have in relation to what you're trying to, to push out is super important. Um, and 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 so we you know we do a lot of work, especially with coaches, because coaches have a massive amount of influence on children. Especially, for example, in a, in a game where you know they're maybe losing, the coach getting frustrated because the decisions are not going into with the team. He feels it's very unfair. The referees are being unfair. How do you respond? So I sometimes sit in there as the chairman, you know, just sit there and just watch, because I want to see how the coaches react in adversity as well as success. Success in a sense, I still want the team to greet and commiserate with the, with, the, with the opposing team and to say, look, you'll have your time in another future. But when they lose, they do the same. Well done. You know, you did that well. Even though it may not have gone against them, even though they may have a rogue referee, or rogue official, you still congratulate them. And I want to see that behaviour because it's a model for life. I always say to my, my coaches, what comes around, comes around. You may have had a bad game or, or the team, may, but it will come around. You'll have your day when the, when the decisions will go for you and you think, oh my gosh, it's my day. <laughs> you know?
0: I think that's a really good place. We've spoken uh, for the first part about Maidstone Warriors Basketball Club. Tell our listeners how they can find out more about Dr. Wayne Wright, from the basketball side, but also you professionally, Doctor Wayne.
1: Well, yeah, remember that's just part of my um, extracurricular activities. They say you know Mason Warriors, but you know, please, it's, it's on the website. You can if you want to get involved in the, in the club? happy to, to have a chat with you. But um, our bottom line is, is my my day job is is helping companies to grow, and and that's what I that's what I do. So W Square Solutions. Or WSQ solutions is that vehicle to do that, you know. And and if you know people want to understand those principles of, of of growing successful businesses, happy to do that, you know. And uh, uh, and and happy to have that chat. Um, and we are, we're a small team of entrepreneurs. We understand what it is to start, grow, and exit businesses. Um, even in the middle of a pandemic, I wrote my book, which you can get on Amazon. <laughs> 10 Commandments of Business Growth, uh, which takes people through all those 10 principles that we've seen by talking and coaching hundreds and thousands of people over the years in relation to those principles that we see define those businesses that do really, really well from those that don't. And so, you know, so if you want to know more, then the book is obviously on Amazon you can look at the website, wsqsolution.com. That's whiskey, sugar, quebec solutions with an S.com. You'll have a link to the book. We have an online course as well, Business Strategy and Execution. It takes people all the way through the whole business cycle. So you can have a look at that as well. That's that's readily available. And, uh, and obviously, I'm on LinkedIn. Just put in the search Dr. Wainwright, and, uh, and I might come up. Happy to connect, get involved. We have a lot of content for leadership around some of the things that we've been talking about today leadership, customer excellence, innovation, the whole element of, you know, even rest in health, you know, we, 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 an exit and what do you do about growing a business and exiting it and all the emotional turmoil about exiting a business. We talk about those things as well on those LinkedIn platforms. So please get involved.
0: Do you predominantly, coach individuals or teams within companies
1: both our focus is really with um, executive teams so we think help them to think through the strategic direction where they want to go and invariably they say well we're not quite sure how to get there so we help them on the roadmap to get into where they want to go and invariably that is 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 a sort of an individual thing um but we can do team as well but mainly individuals
0: I was speaking to a real dear friend a couple of weeks ago, Wayne, and he asked me this question, and I think I'm going to ask you this question too. So I'd be really pleased to hear what you thought about this. Considering how many years you've been in business, how much experience you've got of running companies and also leading teams and your basketball player, your uh, your club, what makes a person extraordinary? A top achiever?
1: a winner, or a champion? How many have you got? Oh, my gosh. Um, There's two dimensions. And there's a spiritual dimension, and there's a physical dimension. The spiritual one is about that you're not here on this earth to make, you know, just money and taxes and go under. You're here to make a difference. And those who are champions, they realize in their DNA, you're here to make a difference. I'm thinking about legacy for the next 200 years, Michael. Way beyond my lifetime. The book, an example of that. The online course, an example of that. Leaving principles that I've learned. So rather than go through the pain that I've gone through in my life and running businesses, learn from that. And use it as a platform to fill out your own foundation and then grow from that. So it's making that difference. And for me, obviously, my faith uh, as a Christian, you know, provides that foundation where I realize I'm here for a purpose, not just to make up the numbers. And that drives you. That drives you on a daily basis. And the physical dimension is, yeah, you have to have that, personality that doesn't give up. You've got to push on through. You've got to have the opportunity where you understand that failure is an opportunity to learn and to move forward. The Americans have got that DNA in their culture. We in Europe are pretty poor. We think that once we've failed, that's it, we're done. Japan is even worse. You commit suicide. Whereas You have that DNA where, okay, dust yourself down, get going again, and learn learn that's important learn from that experience. So let it define you because what I'm interested in in people is not how you failed and why you failed, it's how you finish.
0: So let's take that conversation a little bit further now. Share with our listeners your true successes that you've had to date? You know those euphoric moments where you think everything has fallen into place?
1: That's a hard question because I, you know, that's a very hard question. And, and to be honest, really, I, I don't really want to answer, I, I answer that because it's very easy to create one success higher than another success. Because success is based on an incremental success on an ongoing basis. And because you may have achieved success in business, you may have made some money out of, you know, selling your business or whatever it is. Is that the pinnacle of your success? Of course not. That's just a start.
0: Money is a measurement of success. I didn't necessarily say money was a true success, that euphoric moment. And actually, I meant any success. You mentioned at the very outset, you've just became, uh, become a grandfather. I
1: was about to say. So, so yeah. So what, what I was going on to say is that there are things that, you know, you're, you're, you, know you, you love. You know, I got married. Fantastic. And I celebrated my 35 years anniversary uh, a few weeks ago. Congratulations. Thank you. You know, not too many of us in this world, you know. And, and that's the success, because that is a journey of euphoria, failure, euphoria, failure, euphoria, failure. And I'm still going. I'm learning. My wife hopefully will say I'm learning anyway, but I'm learning. My, our, our grandchild, our kids, you know, all those are, you know, and they are being born and their success in what they're doing and what they are doing, the basketball club, the church I'm involved with, you know, my businesses and, and getting them to a, a level where they're, you know, they're, they're moving forward. You know, patterns that, were, 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 that are making a difference in the world. I, I could go on, but the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, your true success that I value, really, is whether I'm fulfilling the mandates that I've been called to do on this earth. Am I being true to myself that I'm doing... What I should be doing, and that's the bit I'm always asking the question every single day: Am my my focus and my priority in the right place? Is my values in the right place?
0: So let's uh, let's uh, ask a question about the opposite of success. Let's talk about failure. I know we think as failure as a point where we stop, and actually, that is the only time we do fail when we stop pushing the needle forward. But what have been your lessons from the failure moments in your business career to
1: date? A multitude, really. Um, Whether it's, you know, 2008, the banking crisis, massive impact on my consulting business, massive. And I had to close one of the businesses down. Uh, that was a difficult moment. I, you know, As you can appreciate, I'm a very, very much an achiever in the sense of, you know, I want to win, 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 win. So, you know, so when you lose, it's a hard, hard place to be in. I hate losing. And, uh, and that had a knock-on effect um, in different ways financially for us as a family didn't wipe us out, but it caused a lot of stress. And at the time, I was having kids that were starting to go through university and other bits and pieces. So you can appreciate the the impact that it had at that moment in time. But you pick yourself up and you move forward. Around 10 years ago, I had a health scare. I should have been six foot under. Um, And that allowed me to reset again we set in relation to, you know, how I do things, how I look after myself. Realising if I'm not going to, we talked about, you know, create this mandate and legacy, I've got to be fit. I've got to be right. I've only got this body for a short period of time. I've got to look after it. And with a lifestyle before in the corporate lifestyle world, where I was just flying all around the world, not seeing my family, not eating really well, eating stupid times of the day and night, you know, and not getting enough exercise, sitting in cars for 40,000, 45,000, 50,000 miles a year. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And having to change that dramatically, super important. Getting to a regime, exercise regime, eating regime, looking after this body as long for as long as I can, because if I don't use it, I'm going to lose it. And when you lose it, that's when the problems start happening.
0: I was reading a book recently called Valleys and Peaks. Peak is when you arrive at the top of the mountain. And when you have a certain amount of time at the peak, you've got to be grateful because it's only ever short-lived. So you mentioned when your business started to fail. I don't mean this to be personal, but what was the mental impact? that you were facing while you were in the valley now i liken the valley opposed to the peak the valley of doom and despair how would you feel how would you get out of the valley of doom and despair when you're an entrepreneur because entrepreneurship generally the entrepreneurs are very lonely people
1: yeah yeah and, and i think you know absolutely and you know, in that time, you know, having good people around you is is super important. People that you can you can share those dark moments, those thoughts. You know, and and obviously, you know, having the faith allows you to reflect on those things and not run away from it, but to reflect on it and to deal with it head on. And and most leaders are not afraid to head to to deal with those things head on. They try and push it under the carpet. And then take it to the next proposition. Oh, I will we'll just get on with it, type of thing. But I don't really deal with it. And and I we talked about this before. It's, you know, failure is a great opportunity to learn. Learn about yourself. Learn about how you deal with it. Because you know what, you will use that learning and use that understanding for the next thing that comes through. And you know what, Michael, two thousand and eight prepared me for twenty twenty, the big pandemic. 2008 prepared me and the pain of 2008 prepared me for 2020. Because I was able to apply all the principles. I didn't have enough reserves and buffer. I wasn't able to get my finances in a in, in stage where I could protect the businesses if anybody were, were, were failing, left, right, and center. So when the p- pandemic came in, I did several things. My, my, my finances were able to cushion the blow, because I had the reserves. I spent four times as much marketing as I've ever done before. Because you know that the old principle, if you're in the faces of people and awareness, they think you're still around, you're still able to help, and whatever it is. And I've got more business in 2021 on the back of the fact that we've done four times as much marketing as we did before. So the point I'm trying to make is that even though that value was very very painful it had a massive impact on, on not only my businesses but also my family I mean it has that, you know it does happen and it impacted you know in terms of you know not having money here and there or you know your your wife you know which is very painful to even to say this you know going to a shop and using the card and that being card being rejected you have those short moments of real real turmoil that shapes the fabric of your being and shapes the fabric of your your relationships and what you're doing around you. But if you're not able to have the people around you to help you, to navigate your way through it, give you the hope that it can be better, that you can do this, that it's not, a, it's not something that defines you. Remember, that's really important. Failure does not define you. It's what you do moving forward that I'm looking for. And that's the bit that, fortunately, I was able to platform off, and obviously has caused the opportunity to have the success that we have today.
0: If you were starting your business journey right now, and you had to do it all over again, what would you have done
1: differently? We, as an entrepreneur, and I'm on the corporate side because I think you know I did what I could in my in my corporate life in terms of my career, my career project trajectory in terms of how you know, I, was, I was able to move forward. I think you know, I was very fortunate and blessed in terms of that journey. Over the last 20 years, I've, 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 you know, I've been in the entrepreneurial journey and, and I've always said that if I, if I started first, I would have focused on one thing. I, that in my head at the time, was like, let's do several things. Let's invest in several things. Let's do several things. And, and I think if, if I had the focus again, I would have focused on one thing, built it up, protect the family in terms of providing that financial foundation and then start to then push out and, and invest and, and, and move forward. Great advice, Wayne. What's next for you? <laughs> World domination. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, now. you know, like I said, you know, my, my, my focus is, 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 is that next 200 years. What does that look like? And hence, you know, my, uh, my energies are, are around twofold. First of all, um i'm creating this online course which i I said that so it's going to be a a number of assets to help people to navigate their way through business and that's up and running and it's available and that's great you know people really um getting some big big value out of that
0: how can they find out about your online
1: course you can if you go to the website wsqsolutions.com there's a link saying business course if you click on that that will take you to the the online course and you can you know pay for that as, as as necessary and uh and, and, and I'm happy, you know, if you, if, if, if you write to me, I, Wayne, write uh, W-A-Y-N-E-W-R-I-G-H-T, one word, at WSQsolution.com. If you, people are listening to this, if you say, you heard me on Michael Crane's show, I'll give you a 15% discount. And I'll give you a special code that you can get the course on. All right? how's that? Look at that, a bit of impromptu um, 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 support for your listeners. But no, um, absolutely, that's, that's what I'm looking to do. Uh, and also, the healthcare businesses, they're, they're still at that stage where I need to take them to the next level. So, so that's my focus, really, over the next couple of years, really, and then uh, get that structure set up so it allows me to navigate to other things.
0: And I think that's a great place to end the podcast there, Dr. Wayne. Right? Thank you so much for your time. And to our listeners – Don't forget to come back next week to listen to our next fascinating, intriguing, innovator, entrepreneur. Thank you for listening.
1: Thank you for listening to the show. If you have a business story to share, please reach out and contact us on michael at michaelcrane.live. To hear more stories from entrepreneurs and business leaders, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes and Spotify so you never miss an episode. We look forward to having you back for our next podcast show. Thank you. Today's show has been sponsored by www.teameasycrane.co.uk. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.